If you're applying to PA school in the 2024-2025 cycle, then I need you to know about our Pre-PA Academy. This is a group coaching program that I have wanted to start for so long and I am pumped. So from February to October of this cycle, we will be working as a cohort through the entire application process. The way that Academy works is we'll have three to four weekly sessions with myself and the other PA platform coaches where we will be teaching and doing group work and live personal statement editing, live mock interviews, question and answer, office hours, virtual shadowing, and just walking you through this entire PA school application process. We're going to start from your personal statement, choosing the programs, making a school list, getting your application ready before it opens in April on CASPA, to getting you ready for interviews, what to do if you're hearing back, what to do if you're not. This is like our webinar series, but so much more intimate. Talking to students who have joined the program, it really seems like they are most excited for the accountability, the support, and the community through this process, and that is exactly what I wanted to offer. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. I promise. And we're just going to have a good time getting to know each other and working through it together and learning from each other. I want you guys to learn from each other in the program. You can sign up at any time. The code, if you want $50 off of your registration, is HELLO24, and we would love to have you as part of our first cohort of Pre-PA Academy for this upcoming cycle. Happy CASPA opening week. Today, we're not going to think about that because we're going to talk to a physical therapist who is going to become a PA. This is actually something I've had a lot of requests for, so it's really interesting. Ashley has a great story. We also talk about being a travel PT, and a lot of this could be relevant if you're interested in being a travel PA in the future, so I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, if you're listening Welcome in real the time, PA Club podcast. just opened, if you want to learn so we how are become in full swing of our 2022 right to 2023 cycle. Host, Savannah Perry. I just want to reassure Let's you guys that there's plenty of time you will be fine. I'm trying to answer a lot of questions on Instagram. We also have our CASPA deals posted. So that's our $100 mock interviews and some deals on the interview course. So be on the lookout for that. If that's something you're going to need help with coming up this cycle, we would love to help you. And just a tip, I've said this before, but if you get stuck on anything, make sure you go to the CASPA FAQ. Talk to CASPA directly. They're extremely responsive and use the PA platform. So if you look up the PA platform and whatever you're looking for, CASPA, etc., you'll find all your information there. Through our webinar series we've been doing, we've done two discussions on CASPA so far, and this Sunday our all-access pass webinar people will have an exclusive meeting at 8 p.m. If you feel like you need more one-on-one -on -one help, but you don't want to do like a counseling session, that may be a good option. The pass is $25 for the year and you'll get access to all of our old sessions that we've already done and all of our upcoming ones. Be on the lookout for that and we'll put a link in the description as well. But today we're going to talk to Ashley. She is really cool. As we were filming this, she was in this like beautiful, sunny California setting and she tells us all about her job as a PT and what her path to thinking Maybe that wasn't the best fit for her, 
was and how she ended up pivoting to PA. But this is a really fun episode and Ashley's awesome. If you have any questions for her, reach out to me and I can connect to you. But I hope you get a lot out of this and then I'll see you guys next week. I'm Ashley. I'm I'm a native Marylander right now. I'm in beautiful Santa Rosa, California. I'm a traveling physical therapist. So that's why I get to be in beautiful places when I want to be. And I've done that for some time, but I went back and forth. I love traveling. I love cooking. I love hiking. And yeah, I got accepted to PA school. So I'm super excited to start in the fall. So yeah, I feel like people are going, wait, we're talking to a physical therapist? (laughs) (laughs) And And it's funny because like I've had a lot of, people are like, oh, like, what are your plans? What are you going to do just general Mm life-wise? Like travelers, it's a temporary state for a lot of us. So people are like, what's next? And I'm like, oh, school. And they're like, oh, what kind of school? PA school. And it's funny because some people are like surprised, but I've been more surprised on how little people are surprised. Therapists, I feel like we're a curious bunch. And so it's like, oh, you're going back to school? That sounds great. So interesting. Have you met anyone else who has done that? Who has gone the PT to PA route? When you reached out to share your experience, it was funny because I had just had some questions where people asked, have you ever heard of anyone doing this? And I was like, I'm sure people have. I don't know of yeah. anyone off the top of my head, but I, I'm sure they have. Yeah, yeah. And I think that honestly, living an unconventional life of sorts, like it helps if you see someone else do it first. And I think my family dental hygienist who's seen my entire family forever, her daughter, I joke that I've been just walking in her shoes because she became a physical therapist, became a travel physical therapist, did like various things that we both did, both got really into scuba diving. And then she went back to school for PA. And I think she's now in neuro PA, but I'm not sure if she still is. And I've never met this woman. I just, you're sitting there with your mouth open and she's talking about her daughter. And so it's really funny because my main inspiration as a woman, I've never met. That makes sense. I feel like sometimes hearing someone else walk before you through something helps you to take those steps even if it is someone you've never I just think about podcasts I've listened to and things where I'm like mm-hmm. okay if this person can do this so can I don't know them but <laughs> someone did it so that makes sense yeah yeah I would mm-hmm. love to hear a little bit about what brought you to the PT profession and kind of then to traveling like what was your motivation towards that and then we can go from there to how you figure out PA would be your next step. Absolutely. Absolutely. So my mom like really wanted us to know what we were going to do college wise before we entered college because she's first generation college student. And so college wasn't always an assumed thing in our family. It's just, you have to have a plan. You have to be doing something. I'm not going to, you know, pay a bunch of money for you to sit around and learn interesting things. They have to be very applicable. So our high school actually had a shadowing program where you could shadow a profession and it's getting low and deep. Sorry. It's okay. Um, where you could shadow a profession for a year, do volunteering in there. And I did that. A number of my friends also did that. And I got set up with a stroke rehab unit. And so I'm following people with wheelchairs. I'm cleaning things. I'm, this is all volunteer. Since I wasn't technically working, if something was really interesting, I could just stick my nose in it a little bit. And I just loved seeing people progress. So you can't walk, you can't talk. 
to being able to access the world again. I thought that was so fantastic. Um, so from high school, you know, senior year, I knew I wanted to become a PT and I went into my undergrad knowing that, and I tried to do an accelerated program. Didn't work out, but in the fact that I didn't like the institution that I chose to do that accelerated program at. And instead of doing six years there and ending with a doctorate, I became a Spanish major and still graduated in three years. So it was still six years total and transferred to University of Maryland to do a PT part. At the time, I was just like, I just have to make the best of a bad situation. I got to study abroad. I got to learn Spanish. I had so much fun through that. And I do use my Well, yeah, probably great (laughs) skills for being a a travel PT. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey. But yeah, so that's the thing. I feel I saw the, I could have done biology. Yeah. But the biology majors just didn't seem to be having a good time of it. The the program was very rigorous, very hard, known as a GPA killer. And I wasn't interested in taking organic chemistry, but I did Spanish in high school. I loved it. I loved learning about the cultures. We had exchange students growing up. So I just fell right into that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely recommend it. <laughs> the inclination, do Spanish. It's great. Oh, yeah. I regret not taking more Spanish classes voluntarily. I was like, all right, you require two semesters. That's it. I'm good. Mm-hmm. That's all I needed. Okay, so went to went the PT route. And then did you go straight into working in travel as a PT? Is that possible? Yeah. It is. It's not recommended, but I just did. Maryland, where I am from and where I went to school, it's a very small state. And we have two program or when I graduated, we had two programs within the state, as well as Philly has a ton of schools. DC had a couple programs. Virginia had a couple programs. So it was really a saturated market. And since I didn't really want to go into a job that I didn't like in a somewhat permanent way, again, I met someone who was a traveler before and they were like, you should try this out. You have adventuresome spirit. You'd be able to handle it but you have to be able to handle it. You have to stand your ground a lot because not many people want to hire a new grad traveler and people who do want to hire new grad travelers, why would they want you? Like, not to say that you don't have skills, but you don't have the same knowledge of kind of what is acceptable and what is right. So my first two jobs were very interesting and taught me to grow a spine quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, But it, because, again, the saturated market, I could have gone to a nursing home. I could have worked in these outpatient clinics. I really wanted to be in a hospital. So I decided I'll do the travel job 13 weeks at a time until I get sick of it or I find something that I love because I wasn't sure about Maryland. I like yeah. I lived there so much of my life and I was like, surely there's more out there. Yeah, I started out in West Virginia. Right. It taught me a lot. It taught me about. <laughs> People taught me about, again, standing up for yourself, advocating for yourself and patients and very good learning experience. I don't know if I would recommend starting out as a new grad um, unless you have the personality for it. If you really are determined and you can kind of pick up a ball and run with it, that's fine. It's just not going to be easy because they say, oh, you'll have mentors and 
that's always a difficult thing to promise and a difficult thing to follow through on, especially when you're working at a facility that is paying a premium for PTs. They're usually under a strain. And so it's just, what is that strain? So interesting. But it's possible. Yeah. Okay. So how long into your PT career did you start to maybe wonder about other things? <laughs> so probably in 2015. Oh, shoot. That's only two years in. That's terrifying. <laughs> Okay. I like the medical puzzle of things. I always enjoyed that. Like the science of it is always really interesting. And PT doesn't, we have a lot of background knowledge in that, but it's not where we live. We live a lot in the relationships and working with people side of it. There was a clinic that I was working at where we had PTs represented for that outpatient orthopedic clinics. And basically we were just like providing a warm handoff being like, and now you see this physical therapist lady and you're going to go upstairs and work really hard and hopefully avoid surgery or recover from your surgery. And we were just like going through various things. The orthopedist was training someone at the time and I'm a PT. So orthopedics, of course, is my wheelhouse. And so she was like asking me to demonstrate things. And of course I, I do it. And he pulled me aside and he was like, if you were like an NP or a PA, I would hire you. And it never even occurred to me that was, again, a possibility. And I kept interacting with PAs. I was like, I worked at a big medical center and I would go down to the emergency room and the observation units down there. And those were very heavily staffed by PAs. And of course, I was going to them just to give my report so we can hand off as quickly as possible. And I just loved that they knew what they were doing. They had the situation under control. And everything was just, I don't know, I really respected their knowledge. And I just love how they interacted within the team. Yeah. I just got it done. And then I was trying to see if there are other areas of PT I didn't explore, being like, maybe there's something else that will scratch an itch. Mm-hmm. And it, I got to learn a lot of really cool things in trying to scratch my itch. But... I learned how to work with prosthetics and amputees and concussion care and just a lot of interesting specialized areas. But at the end of the day, we're all in lanes and I kept wanting to cross out of my lane. I was like, I'm going to get in trouble one day because either I'm going to overstep my scope unintentionally or I'm going to get really mad and frustrated because I'm trying not to step out of my scope. Interesting. Yeah, like I had this one patient who I just always this one patient, but she had so many questions because she had this really rare autoimmune disorder and she had all these questions and all I could do is literally write them down for her on a piece of paper. And I was like, when the team comes by, get answers for all of these because they're all extremely good questions. Yeah. And they are so without outside of my scope that I'm not going to even try to answer them. And she did. And she like came back and she's like, look at all my answers. And I was like, oh, that's fantastic. I'm really happy for you. But at the same time, I was just like, oh, yeah, my responsibility. But I want it to be. Yeah, that's such a similar sentiment to really what I hear from people in all other roles, EFTs, medical assistants, um, CNAs, even the patients are asking them questions that they want to be able to know the answers to and be able to answer, but you're stuck a little bit in your scope. 
So that's interesting. So at what point, tell us 2015, you're like, oh, PA, that's interesting. And then (laughs) at what point did you start taking steps and what steps did you have to take? Mm. Because you would have great patient care experience, clearly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very probably better than anyone else who applies ever. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely because high quality. We have a lot of autonomy and we have a lot of leadership in that role. So definitely that was definitely the strongest part of my application. Yeah. But yeah, in January of 2020, yeah, I just got really annoyed. (laughs) And like, this is just what happened. I got really annoyed because I was trying to contact this physician and I ran down like like flights of stairs to get him because he was going to discharge this person who was spontaneously passing out like all the time. Right. And his wife was terrified, of course. And I was like, you need, we need to do something else. And he just blew me off. And I was like, I was so mad. I was like, he was like, what would you have me do? I was like, have you tried my dream? And he was just like, he just looked at me and then he was like, okay, we'll try it. And I was like, I'm going to get myself in trouble again because I just spat out a medication I had heard of and had seen, but I don't know if that would have been most appropriate for this person at all. Right. And I acknowledge that. So I was like, I need to, I need to try to do something else. Yep. And so that week I actually signed up for my prereqs. Being a Spanish major and then trying to apply for PT school, I really already knew that these college websites are sometimes mazes, but you really have to dig through them and get the information. And so I basically went to a couple of the local PA schools and looked at their websites. I was like, what do I need to take? I realized I had to basically retake everything because I'm about, uh, say, nine years out at the PT. And so, and then my undergrad is even earlier. That expiration hit me hard. Um, And I started out with some like harder science classes because I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it. Just sitting and studying isn't my day anymore. Yeah. You know? It's hard to get back into. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. I basically used a combination of, I work an hour from where I live. So I was using the community college where I live for weekend courses. And then the community college by my work for weekday evening courses. And so at that point I was taking like, you know, two science classes, but then and working yeah working full-time and but the crazy thing was like that that darn pandemic it really I'm not gonna lie it helped me a lot because I actually um with all the schools being online like the issue of trying to teleport to another campus was no longer an issue everything was online now, granted, some of the classes were still hard to get to. Like if I had a late clinic day, I was taking my exam in the clinic, hoping that I wouldn't get dinged by the anti-cheat software because the cleaners were coming in. Oh, my gosh. That was crazy. Um, but yeah, because of that, I was actually taking, yeah, at least eight credits uh, a semester, quarter, taking yeah, through the summer. Yeah. And I don't know if that would always be possible just because... I don't know how they're weighing online classes post-pandemic yeah. or maybe post-pandemic. <laughs> but yeah, so that, and then, um, yeah, I actually also got, because they were laying off PTs at, at the beginning of the pandemic, 
and through parts of it, I actually took a contract because I had connections in the travel world and I was getting ready to pack my bags and go to a crisis hospital in California. And my recruiter said, oh no, there's a crisis hospital in Maryland and they're looking for people. And because I took that job, it, it, it was a little rough, but it did pay a lot more and it allowed me to cover those prerequisite class costs because classes aren't free. And I think that otherwise probably the finances would have forced me to work slower. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, the finances weren't as much of its concern. So yeah. I just lasted through the classes That's in any year. That was. Okay. Yeah. So that started January, 2020 worked hard, very hard <laughs> to get everything complete. And then when did you, what cycle did you end up applying in? I applied in the 2021 cycle. Okay. And then, yeah, I'm going, I got accepted. Yeah, but just, I, I'm thinking about it and they're like, there's no perfect application. Like, I'm looking at it, I was like, it's still pinching myself that I got in just because I, my only shadowing was virtual shadowing for 23 okay. hours. But clearly you've worked with PAs, what a PA is. And that, I mean, well, you're good. You're good. Okay. <laughs> oh, he is. He's letting us know. Got a lot to say. Got a lot to say. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's just, I think that's really easy to get into your head, even if you. Yeah. And that's why I think like you just gotta do it and yeah. let the application committee or the admissions committee tell you no you're not good enough so how many schools did you apply to and what were your kind of outcomes i applied to 12 okay uh, i got um seven interview invites hi baby oh okay <laughs> and with that my most embarrassing thing i forgot to rsvp to one of them and that was entirely my fault so that was definitely yeah. Did you show up? That, I it was a um Zoom okay interview and I partially forgot about it and I also was partially in Mexico for part of it. So I just I flat out refused to I didn't refuse, but I forgot to RCP and then I was like, shoot. And yeah, they were like, No dice. Like we got plenty of people at our door. So <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah that I'm kicking myself about. But besides that, I got three acceptances, two waitlists, and a rejection, which everybody gets a rejection. Exactly. <laughs> and then and one plus the other five rejections. But I picked some places that I was pretty sure I could get in just because I only wanted to do this once. And then I definitely wanted to just try. And so yeah. I looked at some schools that I, I wasn't so sure about and yeah, it's an adventure, a journey. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I know in what we had talked about beforehand or some of the stuff you sent over, what would you say are your pros and cons for somebody considering somebody who's very established in their PT career or any other healthcare yeah. career? Because we have a lot of everybody, RTs, OTs, you know, everybody. Yeah. To someone who's very established and you're going back, we mentioned at the beginning, like going back to that student, you are, you're going back to that student position and giving up that salary and freedom and all of that, not to scare you. 
Uh, I'm I'm terrified. I am honestly terrified. And so what were your like pros and cons, like things that you thought about or think other people should think about going into making this decision? Ultimately, like for myself, I'm just very curious. I'm inquisitive. I figured I would at some point overstep my scope. And I think that's a good reason to change your scope to protect yourself as well as your patients, because you want to have the education to back out anything that you do, anything that you say medical wise. But I think, and I think also if you're already an established medical professional, you have the PC, how to address patients, how to work within the team. And that is huge. And I think that would be very like apparent in any application you have, just because we don't exist in isolation. We have lanes, but we we're not isolated. And I think one of the big things that I've come across and talking to other PTs, because a lot of them have been interested and been like, oh, like you did it. That's great. I was thinking about it. Hmm. And PTs and in general, I'd say we have a lot of pride because we've gone through PT school. We've gotten our doctorates. We yeah. learned a lot of things and you feel guilty of oh, I have a graduate level education and I am I throwing it away just because it took a lot of effort. And obviously with anyone who's just going into school, you feel like that is 100% what you want to do for maybe not the rest of your life, but a good chunk of it. So just, I don't know, giving yourself permission to say, this isn't quite what I wanted. And I think that was my biggest thing because I kept looking for Oh, I'll find another niche and I'll be fine. And it just didn't happen. (laughs) Yeah. And then I'm just, I think one of the big things, because a big advantage is being a medical professional who makes honestly like a very livable salary is cutting back on expenses. It can allow you to shove money to support taking a ton of prereqs or applying to 12 schools, a lot of things that would otherwise, and not to say it wasn't insignificant, it's a lot of money. Having the financial support of my job to back that up was huge. I don't think I would be able to, again, go in as hard and fast if I didn't have that support. And I can imagine someone who is trying to get their PC as a CNA, that would be very different. Yeah. So that's definitely an advantage. And I think also Again, having another career to step back to when you're in the credentialing process, if you want to pick up PRN, if you want to take a travel contract or what have you. Um, But having real money is a double-edged sword because I'm really working on trying to scale back my lifestyle even now. Um, Not going to the fancy gym, not going to out to eat as often, things like that, because I, life is going to be loans. I paid some off already and I don't want to have to necessarily have to pay off like an absorbent amount of loans again. I've done half. I think like getting used to that student budget mentality Mm -hmm. is something that is a disadvantage for us. Yeah. Because I'm used to eating steak. <laughs> yeah, I arrived with PB&J. Um, yeah, exactly. One random question that I just thought of, did it come up at any of your interviews or did you feel like any of your interviewers were 
skeptical, like, why would you give up this great career to go, to switch to something that is from a doctorate to a master's? Did anyone seem confused or they didn't really accept that? I'm just curious. It actually did come up in one of my interviews. And because, like, generally, I feel like, and I'm just, hey, all this crap do we make? She's, he's biting the other one. Oh, so, goodness. Like the one is like an old man and the other is a country. So basically, yeah, it did come up. And I think the thing that might be a little difficult is if you see PT just from the outside of, oh, you just make people better and that's great. Why would you leave that? And oh, it's a respected profession. Why would you leave that? And I... Yeah, it wasn't a more awkward moment because he tucked it on at the tail end. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's not to say I don't love it. I totally do. But it's, if you're trying to cure everything through active participation for patients, there are limitations to that. Mm -hmm. And it's, and all the politics of it, like any healthcare field can be exhausting just because in a lot of therapy spaces or clinics, hospitals, things like that, there isn't necessarily, oh, this is, this is where we put physical therapy in terms of, especially in the hospital. It's, oh, so are you a lift team? Are you getting them up? Are you doing anything? Are you just saying that they can't go home because you want to make my life annoying? Or, oh, you're just going to check them off to go to yeah. acute rehab or a sniff. So... Again, it drew me off Yeah, because everyone else had been so supportive and understanding because they were coming from the therapy point of view and they're like, there are limitations. So yeah, it was a weird way to end an interview. I was just curious. I just think of some of the faculty that I've come across and I could totally see them doing that. Just some of them can be a little abrasive and want to push you a little bit and see where you're at. But like clearly... You have great reasons and you've thought this through for many years. It mm-hmm. totally makes yeah. sense, but I could see some interviews. I was just curious if any of them ever actually came at you. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. I have my own reason. <laughs> it works out. Yeah. I want to talk because I think what you mentioned was very good in your write up, but Working with physical therapy techs, and can you tell me, is there a difference in a PT tech and a PT aide? I got in some big trouble. Someone was like, no, on TikTok, no, these are certified positions. And I was like, I I know a lot of people who work as PT and they call them aides, they call them techs, and they are not certified. So any clarity you have on that and whether you think it's a good patient care position or just advice would be helpful. Absolutely. So you are right. PT techs and PTAs are uncertified physicians and they're doing their thing. They're not licensed professionals. The place where people may get in trouble is if they call themselves a PT assistant. Ah. That is like physician assistant. Okay. PT assistant is similarly, um, they cannot diagnose, but they can certainly treat. And especially like a, a PTA with experience can be amazing like anyone else. So again, if someone's just writing assistant, that would raise my eyebrow, but tech, aid, all that's Holy fine. God. Okay. And sometimes in 
I think the behavioral health space, it might be a little different, the terminology, but in the physical rehab space, uh, assistants are the licensed professional. Gotcha. And I would, you know, probably the easiest tech position to get would be an outpatient clinic, just because sometimes they're trying to monitor multiple patients at once and they just need an extra second of hands, a second hand of a set of eyeballs. And that's probably the easiest one to get. To be honest, if you're looking for medical knowledge, I think it would probably be the the least quality. You know? Yeah. I really would say to try to look for a position where you're in a hospital or an acute rehab or rehab hospital, because if you're a tech, I'm, if I'm calling a tech, it's because this is a very heavy duty patient. It's because they're complicated. And so you will see the craziest of my caseload. Hmm. And depending on who the person is, sometimes I'll stop by beforehand and be like, this is Mr. Jones and he has this and this going on. And we're going to try to do this just so you're on the same page. And if you see, okay, these are different things that happen with strokes. These are different things that happen with spinal cord injuries. These are different, like how debilitated you can become in an ICU. Yeah. Things like that. That can be really valuable. And I think just seeing kind of the climb with recovery, because being hospitalized can just sap your strength so fast. And I think being able to appreciate that is really good as a provider. And that being said, if you're a tech or an aide, we don't know how much we can trust you until you you show us how much we can trust. Yeah. And a lot of that is anticipating, like anticipating our needs. Basically, I just want you to be in a good position if something goes south. So sometimes that's standing behind the patient or being ready to put your knee against their knee with a knee block, just keep them from collapsing. And that does take time to develop. And hopefully they'll train you initially with that. When someone's starting out, they a therapist might always explain that, hey, I want you to do a knee block or, hey, like this person's gone fly backwards. And you'll start noticing when, what these situations are. Yeah. And I've had texts save my butt in so many ways. And I, I, I love working with them. So yeah, I would definitely suggest it. And with, again, with rehab, we're needing you inpatient care. So the, I feel like in general, there's also can be less paperwork and less administrative duties. But that so varies depending on the facility. But just asking, because sometimes it's the therapists who make the schedule. Sometimes they'll have a tech make the schedule. Sometimes they'll have a scheduler make the schedule. So I think being like upfront about that. And then also the facility where I was working when I was doing all my applications, they were so supportive of just everyone. If you wanted to chase a dream, they wanted it to happen for you. Like all of our techs were in school, like OT or PT school, or they were applying for med medical school or PA school. And we loved it. We really wanted to write a great letter of recommendation. We wanted them to get in. I just say, look for those places. And I feel if you can ask someone else where they've done their hours. And if they said, hey, this is a great experience, that'd probably be the best way to tell. Yeah. Because from their website, they would say that. Yeah, no, but that sounds great. Like sometimes I have people who ask, I like am scared of, not scared of patients, but they just haven't ever had that really one-on-one experience. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like that would be good to get over that fear of touching yeah. a patient and like 
getting to interact with them one-on-one. Exactly. And I feel like also because the PT is ultimately responsible for the patient, they're not going to set you up in a bad situation just because it's bad for everyone. One thing I did mention is we were talking about how techs and aides are not certified. Yeah. I would say as the whole, that is true. The facility I was at, our techs were actually CNAs. And the thought process with that is if, let's say, a patient needs to use the restroom and they're fairly high level or they need to get up out of bed to get right for therapy and things were going bonkers at the gym and tech could run ahead, do that because they had the CNA um, certification and they didn't technically need us supervising them. Nice. But that's just the nature of that facility. And the one of the my techs, she was saying that she had her CNA certification with the, you know, anticipation of working in a hospital or a nursing home. And because she didn't have experience, she couldn't get those positions. Now, nowadays it might be different, but our facility was willing to take on people without experience. So just interesting. I wouldn't say look into becoming a tech just to avoid the certification, though I know lots of people think that way because some of the places that are going to deal with more complicated patients they're going to want you to be able to hold your own in certain situations. Well, and that illustrates another good point, which is if someone has a certification, you can look for unique opportunities. Like just because you have your CNA, you don't have to go work just at a nursing home. You can look for different types of facilities. I actually, I was a CNA at a rehab hospital Mm -hmm. and I loved it. Because we had like a neuro unit and a yeah. huge PT gym. I got to hang out there some. It it was really great. I loved that experience. But I, I wasn't working in the PT gym. I just went there to shadow a couple of times. But still getting to see all of that was really cool. But I feel like people when they think like I'm an EMT or I'm a CNA, they think like one track of what they can do. And there are some different facilities and opportunities out there. So I think that I would not have thought for a CNA to look at necessarily like something in PT mm. at all. So that's a good yeah. tip for somebody to look for if they are having trouble finding jobs and they are certified because yeah. uh, that happens so much. And also with whatever pandemic status we are right now, <laughs> just because there is everyone's looking for medical professionals. I know, again, the facility that I was at and their sister hospital. They actually were starting programs to train you to earn your CNA certification and then also work. I think the thing with those programs, though, is I'm pretty sure you had to have some amount of time commitment in order to apply for it. So it might not really work for people applying for PA school, but who knows? We're looking into. (laughs) Exactly. Let me come tell you no. Yes, exactly. So have you been doing anything to prepare for PA school or are you just, I'm going to work, save money, and then jump right in? Oh, goodness. So I I tried. <laughs> so I'm obviously, I'm doing the traveling thing. I'm trying to make as much money as I can. I try, I sold my house. Good time to do that. Uh, pardon? I said, it's good time to do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is. It practically yeah. sold itself. It was great. It was great. But basically what I was trying to do is I got a couple of books, like a coloring book for anatomy, my old anatomy textbooks also. And then there was another book, like first line guide. It's like in the same genre as 
pants pred pearls. I was just like flipping through them and reading them. And I was like, there is no way I'm going to take in this information in any efficient manner that's going to be beneficial to me. Like, I, I just not. And so I put that to the side. And instead I was like, when I went to school, I had binders and I printed out all of my PowerPoints and anyone, even my sister who just finished MP school said, that is not the way to do it anymore. And so rather than trying to study the material, I'm trying to learn Anki. I'm trying to learn Notion. I'm trying to think of like, how can I organize myself in my computer? Because I'm such an analog person right now that I just, I feel overwhelmed in that way. And just there's notability. There's just so many many things. things. And I don't want to necessarily do that learning curve when I desperately need to take that information into my brain. Yeah. I'm just playing around with it. Yeah. I jumped on the iPad wagon, bandwagon. I don't know what it's called, in December. (laughs) And I am a fan of good notes or what I think that's what it's called. And being able to take notes and just like whip Mm -hmm. it out anywhere is so helpful compared to having... Papers everywhere and binders. So that's exactly. a hard transition. That yeah, and lose it. You're getting your papers wet, and then and I can't read the disaster. Exactly. Yeah, it is way better. Except for don't get your iPad wet either. <laughs> that's a problem. So my kind of final question is: Do you see yourself in the future being a travel PA? Actually, yes. Okay. Um, I I think so. Again, the suggestion of don't go into it as a new grad, I'm actually going to follow as a PA just because I went, I started as a traveler. I went perm per se. I took a staff position for a while. And as a staff member, people actually invested in my development, which was so cool. And I learned so, so much. I got, again, into all those specialty areas. And I feel if I just threw myself off a cliff as a PA, that just would be rough. Yeah. Unless I really felt amazing in a certain specialty area, let's say, I don't know, cardiology or something. But I just feel like I'd be setting myself up for failure if I did that straight out. <laughs> and then also, I'm not going to lie, the travel PA might not happen just because, like, I was permanent for a while because I wanted to set down roots. I wanted to start a family. I wanted to do all the things. And then now I'm off again. I still have that feeling. That yeah. I don't want to just be a PA. I want to, again, be a part of my community, be right. a mom, be a decent daughter to my poor mom, <laughs> you know, <laughs> dealt with like her daughters running around the country. And yeah. I, I think that there's a lot of appeal in a lot of it. And obviously it's beautiful. It's fun. Life has its seasons. Yeah. I feel I'm seeing the end of that one, you know, yeah. like to say, what am I prepping for PA school? This is like my last travel, hurrah, and until I, you know, go be stuck in some books for a while. No, I'm very excited for you. I think it'll be, like, you'll be excited to be there, which will make it somewhat enjoyable. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It'll be as enjoyable as Yes, exactly. And then you'll be at the end of it. And that's why it goes by so quick. Like, it just, it goes by so fast. And so it's over very quickly mm-hmm. but and i think they with PA, pt school right like, I was, so you've been there I was like yeah i was like that was not a super fun experience so i feel like you just blot it out and then you're they get through in your life there you go that's all you need thank you for sharing your insights and Thanks i know everyone will appreciate this so much 